Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights, here with Kevin O'Keefe. We're going to talk about kids in the hobby or perhaps not in the hobby. Uh, we're going to talk about that broad topic, but hopefully we'll come up uh, together with some insights, some wisdom, because obviously if there are no kids in the hobby, it dies out eventually. And we don't think it will, but how can we make this uh, hobby, this industry, a better place for kids and more welcoming for kids and a good deal for kids? Thanks, Kevin, for being here, but also thanks sponsors, Tops Panini and Upper Deck. They'd all like to solve the problem, dilemma, situation of having more kids more customers, more dollars in the category, but also Mike Stadium Sports Card, who has a has a kids club, Burbank Sports Cards, which also is kid friendly in its exhaustive encyclopedic coverage, Heritage Auctions, as well as Hugging the Scott Auctions, and of course ComC and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. Kevin O'Keefe, you've been a, a, a regular listener and a contributor, and you've uh, sent me other thoughtful emails about uh, your perspectives. And one of the topics that came up that I really resonate with, and I want to hear your story being a a teacher, what's the situation with the kids and how can we make that better? So welcome, Kevin O'Keefe. Thank you, Jim. I appreciate it. Glad to be on the show. But yeah, I've basically, Jim, I'm your average collector. Um, Been collecting since 1968. I'm 58 years old and I have a second career. It's now 13 years and I teach elementary school. I'm definitely an outlier, and then I'm a guy teaching these young kids. The kids that are in second grade, they're turning eight years old, and that's the prime time, as we all know, that kids really start getting into this hobby, collecting, loving sports, and the age from seven, eight to about 13 is the prime time, and I've run, uh, because I love collecting cards through the years, I've run an after-school card collecting class, basically, all sports, we include fantasy sports in there. But I've also run a summer uh, class, and it's geared around math, but again, also using the back of baseball cards to teach to the kids. So it's a combination of getting the kids into the hobby, loving what I love, trying to get the kids into it, and I see the kids into it. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. The dads, the moms, they're into sports, baseball, basketball, football. The kids are into it. I don't see that disappearing. However, I see less and less kids collecting the cards on their own as opposed to the adults uh, that really are obviously controlling the industry. You know, we can talk about this, but just the fact that you can't even, the moms can't even go to Target and Walmart (laughs) in the past uh, six months just to get uh, these blasters for the kids. So, you know, let's let's hopefully we can uh, chat about there's issues out there for the kids. The programs that you have, are they for free? Are they in the school? Are they, or is there a charge? Are you uh, providing them with free packs? What are the logistics of your program? Yeah, it's an after-school program, not um, it's sponsored by a non-profit organization. Uh, most schools have after-school programs, but yes, uh, the parents pay a small fee. And um, I actually, Sue's actually helped uh, through a connection with my local hobby store. I had given the guy an idea that, hey, this is what I was going to do. He reached out to Sue's. The next, within the next week, Jim, I got a, a case almost of these giveaway cards for Tops. They have these promotional packs, little small packs that they give out. So talk about the kids loving it. But yeah, I would. I had older cards I would give out. But yes, the parents would pay a small fee. So again, they're eight years old. So they, what level of reading? Is their reading sufficient that they can read the backs of the cards? Is their math sufficient that they can uh, comprehend some of the calculations on the back? Is that what, uh, is this the end of second grade to where, where, where those things are possible? Or are you coaching them up on that too? Thankfully, it's, I would say, an upper middle class community, Jim. And the kids are all reading in second grade. So whether it's beginning of second grade or clearly towards the end of second grade, 
They're comprehending everything. And yes, do they understand all the statistics on the back of the cards? No. But with their interest in sports, uh, they pick up on it quickly. And uh, without a doubt, second and third grade, going into fourth grade is when they're learning double digit uh, addition, subtraction. Then we're getting into uh, third and fourth grade. We're getting into percentages and decimals. So there's a world of opportunity on the okay. back of the cards. You, you left out the, uh, another character on the, type, on the typewriter, on the keyboard, the dollar sign. What, at, at what age do you think these kids are picking up on the value of a dollar? Not just adding and subtracting raw numbers, but financially understanding of buying low and selling high. Is second grade too early? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. They're, they're, they're kids in a candy store, and they're just excited about getting a physical piece of cardboard. I would say, no question, as you get into middle school, fifth, sixth grade. It's funny, my son, who's now 28, our kids are out of the house. He's known all through these years that I've collected. He collected a little bit, but he never picked up on it. He was the generation with Pokemon cards, yeah. which a lot of kids at his age were into. But the point is, the other day, he came back home. Dad, do you know what these cards are going for these days? <laughs> he's big into investing now, starting his career. As, uh, and he's seen through the, through the press what's happening with um, this hobby. Okay, so. But, but, but so are the parents. So who's the customer? And it's not just Tops, Panini, Upper Deck. All of them would like to have more customers and customers with money to spend. But who's the customer on, is there a proxy customer for the eight or nine or 10 year old kid? When I was 10, I had nickels and dimes and bought my own cards. Now where I got the money, I, I never had very much, but is it the mom and the dad that's given the kid money that then that kid decides to go to the, you want to buy a blaster? If you can find one, it's 20 bucks. That's yeah. the same as me having some nickels and dimes and quarters. I, I would say this, Jim, the proxy customers are twofold. The proxy customer is the dad who has the resources to go on Amazon, get a box that's expensive. But again, you have to talk about the wherewithal in the, in the monies. But assuming that parents have the money to pay for these cards, yes. And the dads will get it however they get it. And if they need to drive a half an hour, 45 minutes, if they can find a hobby store, they'll get it. So they bring their kids into the hobby store. But what I would argue is, if you think about it, you and I in a, in a generation, I came up late 60s at this age eight. You and I, and then even the proxy dads that are out there that are buying these cards are in their 30s, their 40s. They're driving a hobby. And my opinion is that, think about it, when they were coming of age, it was in the junk wax era. It was that time period, late 80s, 90s, where you could still get that pack of cards in the supermarket, at the local drugstore, everywhere. That's missing today. And that's what I think uh, the tops of the world's the panini. They have the ability to flood the market. I get it that they clearly need to make their buck, but just take one. I, I've, I've heard Mike Summer throw up this idea out on Twitter. Take one product, an opening day type of product, the big league product. Make that into a collector's product like we had where we can get it because the other proxy customer, in my opinion, Jim, is the moms. The moms have the kids. They're coming with the grocery store into the drugstore where we were able to get that by going into the stores and buying it, that's where our love for collecting came from. Okay. And obviously that's, that, in my opinion, that's missing today. Okay, so again, I'm, this is a gross generalization, but just allow me this, and it's a little bit sexist, but you know, the dad walks into the card shop, because you can find packs in a card shop. Yes. There's no question. If you go into Walmart, Target, you might see something. In fact, if you see something and it's still in Target and Walmart, it's suspect. <laughs> it right, right, right. Or whatever. Okay, but if the dad walks in, 
the dad, or let's just say what dad or mom, but the more serious sports fan that's tracked with a hobby or had hobby experience sees that there's $10 packs and $2 packs. The dad or the mom, I guess, that didn't yeah. collect is probably going to say the $2, that's, it's, that, why not get the $2 one? Whereas the, the dad or the mom that had been way into collecting uh, 40 years ago, as you said, is going to say, I bet this $10 pack has some good stuff in it. Mm. And, and many, it's probably a better, a better pack. But that's what the kids are faced with is the $2 pack doesn't have great stuff in it. The $10 pack anymore doesn't have great stuff sometimes. It's the really expensive packs that uh, I think that's that the even point. proxy customers saying, do I want to buy a $100 pack for my kid? I think that's the point, though, Jim. Think about it. In my opinion, what we're getting away from is the kid themselves. What does the kid want? The kid at this impressionable age. And yes, of course, as they get older into high school, it's going to change. But right now, when I have these classes with these kids, I just say, hey, listen, look at you can get. Remember, what did we want to collect? We wanted to collect the Bob Gibson and the Tom Seaver and pull that out of the pack. That's what's missing today. The kids, if they're making the decision on their own, they're just excited, in my opinion, to get that like rookie card or to get that great card of a, a Freddie Freeman or whoever it may be today that is their favorite player, their favorite team, collecting teams. So I think if, again, just big picture, of course, I could be completely wrong. We, who knows where this is going to be? But the kids that are 10 today, and again, I, I'm sure you've heard this for years, right? The kids, what are the kids going to be like 10, 20 years from now? We're still, hobby is still thriving, but. I think if the kids can't get cards now, since hopefully they're driving the uh, the purchase, then we may not have collectors uh, in the future. Well, they, they they can get cards, but there are not as many card shops out there. And but there's card shows, and even as COVID is the an exception right now, but there are card shows as for well as card shops that do have more moderately priced uh, cards. But the problem I see, and we talk about the proxy customer, the mom or the dad, that's the greater generation. But a 10-year-old kid is also looking to see what's cool according to the 15-year-old, the older kid in the neighborhood. And if that no kid, question. You got junk. You got, you got <laughs> guys that are no good. The positive thing, which I wanted you to address, is uh, the fact that the latest development of the last year or so, last two years maybe, there's been an increased emphasis on base cards, base rookie mm. cards. Right. And I'm wondering if this is a step in the right direction and you would consider this is – uh, making it more accessible because five years ago when a kid bought a pack and they didn't get a big hit, they just would leave the cards behind. Now every card ha could potentially have value because even the base rookie cards, when they're gradable, they, they can go for some outrageous prices. Correct. And there's no Another question. Entry point for the kids to. Yeah. So it's as long as what, with my classes, they're, they're just loving the card collecting experience. And again, a lot of times it's, they're just being introduced to it. I'm the person that's introducing it. They're getting reinforced from their dads. Oh yeah, I used to have these cards and depending upon the, the issue. The other thing that I would say is that it's not a slam dunk that the big three are gonna be as popular in the future. What I'm finding more and more, it's amazing, Jim. Uh, again, a pretty fairly diverse community, but as opposed to 10 years ago, where I was seeing mostly baseball, football, basketball, I'm seeing a lot more of these kids. Like Every year when I get my new class, I'm like, please have a kid be into baseball. I'm seeing more, more and more kids playing hockey, collecting and wanting hockey cards, playing soccer. And again, I get it. My kids were playing soccer. And they've always said soccer is the next is the future. The knowledge base, again, with soccer is, is surprising to me. Of course, again, we've always talked about there's so much for the kids to do. Uh, with video games and this and that. But I think the hobby, 
is strong. And I think, Joe, if they just pay attention to the kids being the purchasers and, and look at what they want, I think we'll be fine as a hobby and, uh, uh, altogether. Just to wrap this up, we started out, you and I, uh, probably originally, as well as 15 minutes ago, talking primarily about baseball cards. And, mm. and, and, but really, this is sports card insights. And the glimmer of encouragement or hope is that uh, kids will collect what they want to collect. And if they want to get, if their entry point into sports cards is hockey or soccer, I don't think you've got a problem with that. I certainly don't. They ought to collect cards of sports and uh, that they love and that they follow and they track. And hopefully it'll be a lifelong uh, enjoyment as it has been for uh, you and for me. Thanks, Kevin O'Keefe, for sharing uh, some insights uh, back and forth on getting more kids in the industry. I sure hope we can do that. And uh, thank you for uh, doing your after school and summer programs. (laughs) Every little bit helps. And uh, Suze, uh, who's gone on to uh, uh, independence now, uh, thank you for that contribution. And Emily, I hope you were listening, who is Suze's uh, successor at Tops, as well as Panini. Uh, Kevin's doing some cool stuff. It'd be great to support that with some packs. So thanks, everybody. Thanks, Kevin. Be back again tomorrow with another episode. The